there's a breaking news story in South Carolina athletics. I'm the one you want to follow to find out what's going on with that information. I can guarantee you you'll have all details, all sides of the story, just as fast as I can get them, and I can get them pretty fast. As we go into October with the Gamecocks and the SEC and getting into the meat of this schedule after this SEC game this week, there's just no better way to get your information on University of South Carolina football than from DC's newsletter, which you can get at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. And with that introduction, I welcome in David Kloniger, David, uh, a short week all of a sudden for the Gamecocks playing SC State, Hurricane Ian bearing down on Florida as we speak and the Carolinas later in the week. Um, this is uh, going to be kind of a hit for South Carolina, you know, for attendance wise and marketing and everything, but kind of an advantage going into that Kentucky game, wouldn't you say? Oh, sure. I mean, they were going to need everything they could to get ready for Kentucky, who has been playing very well. They're number seven in the country. They're four and zero, And so any little bit of extra prep you can get helps. Of course, they didn't think it would come in this way, but they got it. So, uh, you know, not noon Saturday, it's going to be seven o'clock Thursday to play SC State. And it is also kind of an advantage, Gene, because uh, in a switch up from normal, South Carolina did not practice on Sunday. They usually do. And then they take their normal day off on Monday. So they had Sunday and Monday off after the Charlotte game. So really, they just got back to practice yesterday and found out at the beginning, hey, you're playing Thursday night now, not Saturday. So they've kind of had to adjust that, you know, ramp up a few things. But also, it's like you're only going to get two full days of practice. So you don't have to do anything too terribly hard. Use the game plan that you did against Charlotte and try to make that work against SC State. And frankly, that should be a very good thing because then you don't have to show Kentucky too much. David, let's retouch uh, on the injuries. The Gamecocks defense have been really banged up. Uh, got some guys back against Charlotte on Saturday, and uh, obviously they looked really good. What's the overall status going into this game on Thursday night against SC State at williams Bryce? A lot better than it was last week, Gene. Um, obviously, a lot of those guys came back. Uh, the three that are still kind of questionable or on the list are cornerback Darius Rush. He's questionable and probably the most likely to play, although still not very likely. Right tackle Dylan Wanham is doubtful. He didn't play last week either. He's got his foot in a boot. Uh, he aggravated that in practice before the Charlotte game. And then a uh, backup linebacker, Stone Blanton. He dressed last week. He's got a shoulder injury, but he just didn't feel too good about going in during warm-up. So he's probably uh, you know, going to be in that same realm along with Rush uh, this week. But right now, USC will be without Dylan Wanham again. So expect Tyshawn Wanamaker to start at that spot. David, obviously the Gamecocks looked really good on offense against Charlotte, which literally has the worst defense in all of college football, at least statistically right now. But uh, aside from Marshawn Lloyd, who, boy, did he run the ball well and had some absolute ESPN highlights with the hurdle and some other plays. Um, what did you like of what you saw from the South Carolina offense against the Charlotte 49ers? Well, mostly, Gene, if they didn't try to be too cute. 
Uh, Marcus Satterfield just took away all of the uh, the fancy motion and all the pre-snap reads and all the, the calls, and he just said, look, just go run the ball. They can't stop it. And when you go, I know they only got three points on their first drive, but they were running the ball at will. Uh, you know, the, I think they rushed for 67 yards on just that first drive, and that was Marshawn Lloyd's career high right there. And, of course, he ended up with 169 and three touchdowns. So they didn't try to get fancy. It was, look, these guys can't stop it, so just keep doing what works. They kept running the ball. Yeah, there were a couple of good pass plays, but mostly it's, it was don't uh, have to depend on Spencer Rattler to win the game with his arm. Let him throw a few passes just so he feels comfortable. But otherwise, let what got you here, what needs to get you here, carry the game. So that's what they should do against SC State as well. Uh, I don't think that that uh, SC State's defense will be as bad as Charlotte's was, but the fact is just like you don't need to change the game plan that worked for you last week. Welcome again to Countdown to Kickoff at postandcourier.com. If you'd like to get more insight from David Kloniger into University of South Carolina football, check out his newsletter at postandcourier.com slash GamecocksNow. David, uh, kind of continuing with that theme of the Gamecock offense against Charlotte, Spencer Rattler didn't do much, didn't have to. Um, is that mainly uh, Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield and company are not really wanting to show Kentucky, et cetera, too much, and probably we can expect more of the same against SC State? That's the hope, uh, Gene. I mean, the fact is that you just don't need to show off too much for this game. And, you know, call it what you will, but Spencer Rattler has been kind of erratic in his other games. He was okay last week, but as, as you said, he didn't really have to do anything. So maybe this was a chance to calm him down, say, hey, it's going to be all right. Just take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. And say, we're going to need you next week, but next week is not this week. So, uh, you know, a little bit of both. They knew they were running the ball well. They knew they didn't have to pass it. They let Spencer Rattler get relaxed. So it was a case of just let the offense run through the running game. That's what they want to do. It's the best option for them to win. So that's what they went ahead and did. David, I know you had a great talk with SC State head coach Buddy Pugh this week. Just one of the all-time great guys, former Gamecock assistant. Boy, he's done such a great job there with the Bulldogs in Orangeburg. And, you know, as most people know, last uh, last season, they beat Deion Sanders and Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. He's got a really nice team and for the MEAC with Corey Fields um, at quarterback. He's a low country guy. But going forward, David, do you see these kind of FCS games disappearing? Is this one of the one of the last handful that we may see that, you know, a school like South Carolina or Clemson is going to play? I think it's going to have to, Gene. They're just really not going to have a choice. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of games already scheduled, you know, all the way through through 2035 for South Carolina's future schedules. But those are against the big boys. You know, Miami, there's a home and home, home and home with NC State, with Virginia Tech. They've got a two and one with Appalachian State, meaning they'll have to go to Boone to play, which might need to get out of that one <laughs> the way they need to. But it's just going to be a case of when the schedule expands, when Texas and Oklahoma join, and I'm fully anticipating it to be a nine-game uh, SEC schedule, they're going to have to drop one. And the fact is you want to get more fans in, which you're just going to get more for a Miami or a VTech rather than a Troy or a Furman. And, you know, those small games are just going to have to disappear because you got to play Clemson 
every year. Um, during the odd years, like they will next year, they like to open up with a big non-conference opponent, hopefully at a neutral site. Next year will be North Carolina in Charlotte, and in 2025 will be Virginia Tech in Atlanta. So you're not going to drop those. So it's just going to be a case of like, hey, you've got to drop some of these because they've really only got one non-conference game to play with. And it's going to be, do you want to get an FCS opponent? Do you want to get an in-state opponent? Or do you want to get somebody on the lower realm of FBS like a Jacksonville State that they will play next year and have that fill it instead? So it's just uh, the way the game has changed, uh, Gene, and we've all got to adapt. And uh, those games will, will swiftly be going away. Yeah, and I think another factor, especially for the Gamecocks, David, is with this 12-team playoff coming around, strength of schedule is going to be a factor. Um, as we've written about, you know, South Carolina, it's it's a tough sell to recruits that we're going to make a four-team playoff. It's a realistic sell to make a 12-team playoff because in Steve Spurrier's three 11-2 seasons, if the system was in place that is now, they would have made it. So, I mean, Shane Beamer has a realistic chance to sell that, but you want that non-conference schedule. Um, it doesn't have to be as tough as possible, but it, it, it can't have FTS games in there. David, let's uh, talk like we have the last few weeks about like looking ahead at some of these future SEC games. Some really crazy things are going on out there. I'm not so sure that uh, Florida is not backpedaling a little bit. Tennessee looks really good. Missouri, I don't know what to make of that Auburn-Missouri game. Mm -hmm. um, look ahead on the SEC schedule from a Gamecocks perspective. Well, if you're looking at it from USC's perspective, Gene, you always just got to look at bowl eligibility as the benchmark is saying that's where you want to get at the bare minimum. So USC's got to get four more wins and no disrespect to SC State, but you got to figure that will be the third. So as the three more wins from the SEC, uh, because, you know, playing up at Clemson, not going to happen. So you look at that schedule and there's three more wins on there. Uh, Missouri is not a good team. Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Florida, as I've said all season, they're not that good. They're going to be good next year uh, and, you know, the year after that. But this year they've got one great player in Anthony Richardson and else they're a very, very flawed team. So, yes, it's on the road, but I still think they've got the best chance to win that game instead of any of the others that could be kind of questionable. You know, Tennessee, yeah, they're going to look good. They throw the ball around. Their offense is really exciting. But it is a case, just like last year, if you can get a few stops on them early and you can score on that defense, anybody can score on that defense, you can make them play catch up, and that's what you want to have to do. So they had that same offense last year, Gene. Maybe not as refined, as, uh, you know, just intricate as it is now, but they still went seven and six because it always comes down to, how many 45 to 42 games are you going to win? Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, Texas A&M doesn't look that good. They lost to App. Yeah, they also beat Arkansas. And I always go by history, Gene, and USC has yet to beat A&M. Even though that game is at home, I don't think they're going to win that. But there are still three wins left on this schedule and maybe more. Nobody expected them to beat Florida last year, and they did it. Nobody expected them to beat Auburn last year, and they did it. So we'll see how it goes. But, uh I mean, next week at Kentucky, yeah, it looks daunting, but they can win that game. They can win that game. They're going to have to play near perfect to do it, but they can win that game because Kentucky, as good as they are, there are some flaws in there that USC can attack. 
So that's just a little preview of next week's edition of Countdown to Kickoff. As for this week's edition, I'm Gene Sapikoff, host and career college sports editor with David Kloniger, beat reporter who covers the Gamecocks for the Post and Courier. If you'd like to get more of his insight and all kinds of fun nuggets from on and off the field, check out David's newsletter at postandcourier.com slash Gamecocks now. And for David Kloniger, I'm Gene Sapikoff signing off.